Tiffany looking wonderful as usual. God damn it. Thank you. Thank and you got the guineas yeah. out back to back. I mean, you know, I mean, I just feel like it's been, you know, people been asking for them. So, you know, I can't deny the people from what they want. You know? <laughs> got to give the people what they want. Got to give the people what they want. I'm here for it. God damn it. I'm here for it. Yes. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to Pardon My Ugly. Let me, uh, do a little house cleaning before we introduce our guests real quick. And I don't know if you two have uh, other devices up where you can actually pull up the show in the group that would allow you to see the comments. Uh, but that's it's only up to you if that's what you want to do. Uh, but again, welcome to Pardon My Ugly. As you all know, uh, real quick, it's Pardon My Ugly Everything, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere. Uh, Pardon My Ugly, the website. Uh, where we have our uh, our clothing, the t-shirts, hoodies. So check us out as always. Uh, tonight, we got a very special show for you. Of course, like, you know, I always got my girl Tiff B in the house. You know what I'm saying? What's going on, Pete? Ain't no part of my other without Tiff B. On time. <laughs> and then I have two special guests. Let me first introduce my motherfucking family, goddammit. Justin, what's happening? How you feeling tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for inviting me to vibe with y'all. Oh, this Thanks gonna be for coming. Seriously. It's gonna be fight. How you gonna handle two garnets tonight, Tiff? What you gonna do? I, I feel Ooh. like I've been I've been holding it down with you for a year. You've been preparing me. I had Unc on here. You know, Listen, I, right. I, I, I Lance like can I'm be fine. enough by himself. Okay, Lance can hold it down by himself. <laughs> I'm gonna be on my best behavior, okay? I'm gonna be on my best behavior tonight. I might be drinking a little bit, but I'm gonna be on my best behavior. Be. It's fine. Be. Oh, that's the exact opposite <laughs> of what I want you to do, goddamn. I feel like I'm an honorary Garnet already. You know, I All feel right. like I really went through the right of passage. Absolutely. And then we also have this is actually our first time meeting as well, Mr. Darren Calhoun. How you doing today? I'm good. Hey, everybody. Glad to be hey, here. Hey. Yeah, Darren, hey, he got the mic. He making us look bad around here. <laughs> this man is background. I showed up for this. He got a whole setup. How y'all doing today? What's happening? It's, ah. it's a good day. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it is. Every day a good day. Every day a good day. So, uh... We got a couple people in the group who done jumped on Lamar. Oh, that's the, oh that ain't number one. Right. Kia is the one who actually, uh, what's up, Kia? She the one who actually referred you to, uh, to come on the show, Darren. So you come highly recommended because uh, she is definitely an ally for the community. Uh, and for those who don't know what we're talking about this evening, is we're having a conversation about the queer community. Uh, I was instructed by uh, Justy that that's how I should refer to it. So that's what I'm sticking with because I am uninformed. So I'm going off what I'm told. So conversation about the queer community as a whole, but mostly uh, within the black culture. Uh, this group is not an all black group, but it's mostly black. A lot of issues we talk about are black. And then just from uh, having worked with people in the queer community before, uh, I know that there's always seen to be some type of it's the queer community and black community obviously they have some issues, underlying issues all the yeah. time. So. There's a unique aspect of it when you're dealing with uh with blacks right absolutely, absolutely. Community, uh, uh, you know unfortunately say it again too i said in any community unfortunately right doesn't even matter if you, you you know the black experience is always different from uh the overarching experience absolutely absolutely so first of all real quick there where are you from 
I am from Chicago, born and raised. Oh yeah, what's that? Um, I live on the west side. I'm originally from the south side. West side. Oh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been around both long enough to claim both of them. So I mean, and that's interesting because you rarely hear that someone from the south side moving to the west side. Uh, because you know, South Siders are all they've been raised since birth to stay away from the West Side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the that's South Side cool. and the West Side both have their own different kinds of wildlife. Exactly. And you just exactly. like, okay, it just it's just we're just gonna flip the script a little bit and keep it moving. I know that's right. What uh what neighborhood you stay in? Oh, I'm oh in East God. Garfield Park. Okay, yes, what I grew yep. up in. Okay, that's what's <laughs> up. And then, uh, Justin, where you from? Tell the people. Well, I know where you from. Tell the people where you from. Sorry, you cutting in and out a little bit. Uh, but I'm 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 a North Shore baby. I mean, I was I was born in Evanston. Uh, you know, was raised in the burbs. I don't necessarily have like a lot of Chicago experience, but I did move here when I was 20, and I've been in Chicago really ever since. I've kind of been in and out. Uh, I lived in Europe for a little bit, lived in Trinidad for a little bit, uh, and then I bounced back. Here and now I'm on the north side. Cool. Well, well. Have me going bouncing the fuck around, boy. Hey, I wish awesome. I, hey, I wish I yeah. traveled like that. I wish I did. I, that's one thing I'm definitely envious of. You know, way more traveling than I had. That's dope, though. And and you can sing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's where Justy comes in, right? That's your uh, that's your artist name. Yes, yes, it's yes. Sorry, I'm I'm having a little trouble with my sound. I'm gonna try to figure this out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Justy was uh, my nickname growing up as a little kid. That's when my mother would call me, my father would call me, close family would call me that. Uh, so it was just an easy, when I took on music full time, it was much easier than my full Justin Markovich Garnett. There was no way that was going to, I saw that on an <laughs> album or a record. So right. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? So that was, that was just an easy, uh, an easy go. What's, what genre of music? Uh, R&B, different, different uh, styles of R&B. Uh, my last album that I released in 2019, Reset, uh, was a Caribbean album. I wanted to pay homage to my Trinidadian heritage and the time that I spent in Trinidad and what that did for me and uh, my, my being and uh, my spirit. So I wanted to share that. So I'm working on a new album now and it is very different. It's not a full on reggae album like I did uh, in 2019, but it's 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 versatile. It has a lot of different sounds. Everything that I loved growing up. Uh, so I'm really excited to share it. So. Yeah, make sure you share it with us. I, I love absolutely. hearing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you, I don't know what you think you gotta do with your sound. You actually don't sound too bad right now. So no, not at all. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I figured we gonna jump right into it like we usually do. Uh, just so the guests, uh, so everybody know a little bit about you. Uh, Darren, what is your experience as far as being a part of the queer community and, and with, with the black community? Was it been overall positive or something that you've kind of had to uh, fight along with to kind of find your way? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the short version is my, my whole life has been a journey since puberty when I first was around the other kids and they were thinking, hey, the boys were like, hey, we're into girls. And I'm like, not yet. And I'm like, when is it going to kick in for me? But I did find myself having crushes and so forth on on other guys, uh, other guys in school, just like you would at 
at those pubescent ages, but didn't have anybody to talk to, didn't have anybody to give an explanation, didn't have anything to figure out. So I just read books and tried to figure stuff out on my own for a long time. Um, and probably wasn't until I was in college where uh, I probably had the most conflict because uh, at, at one point a roommate tried to blackmail me because he what? found some he found some porn on my computer and was threatening to out me to the university and to the people <coughs> in my school. And I was like, you have no power here. And so I came out at 17 years old and was just like, look, this is this is just what it is. My family's going to love me. My friends are going to be okay. And uh, came out. But shortly after that, I had this whole experience with whether or not I had to become delivered or uh, get healed of being gay. And that's really where most of my, my challenges have been in the church space about what God's will for my life is. So let me ask you about that. So um, it sounds as if um, your family was pretty uh, supportive or so where did the, you felt that you had to get delivered? Cause usually when you hear that is because someone's their family members, uh, they're not comfortable with it. So they, they push that. So where did that come from for, for you? Right. Um, it wasn't my family, um, but it was, and we were, uh, we were practicing Catholics at the time. Um, but it was my other friends, friends who came from backgrounds where they were more like, um, like they were from deliverance kind of ministries where they laid hands and cast out devils and stuff like that. And they were like, well, I just got to tell you if that this ain't the will of God for your life. And you need to, you, God wants you to, wants you to, uh, to marry a woman and to have kids and, and all these kind of statements would, would be kind of tossed at me. Um, and it really wasn't until, um, I got, I found myself in a church that I was like, oh, I really feel like God is calling me here. And I had this experience where I thought I was delivered. And in that experience, um, I spent about a year thinking I was freed from homosexuality in air quotes. But um, shortly after that, it started this real toxic process of my pastor telling me I should never tell anybody about it, that I should be ashamed and um, to be silent. And it was the shame and the silence thing that became a re recurring pattern in my church experiences. Wow. That's... You know, small story, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he went deep early. He pulled up. I like I said, we came to talk about what needs to be talked yeah, about. Yeah, right. I, I appreciate that. So, I mean, do you know where that this concept of being delivered? Why? Why? Where did that come from? I, mean, I know, like I said, it was pushed generally from people's families, but where did this group of, like you said, from the queer community, they were they were pushing it. Is it because they felt it had been, you know, brainwashing to them that being gay was a demon? And so now they're spreading that word to others that that's the case. Is that pretty much kind of how that, that came about? Yeah, there, there's a historical source for this, too. But just to, to keep it to keep it short and keep it to, to my story. Um, the idea that everyone's supposed to be heterosexual, um, this idea that um, if you're not heterosexual, that something happened to you or something was wrong with you, um, that idea kind of gets pushed around and pushed around. Um, and 
what ends up happening is when you grow up already feeling different, you grow up already thinking you're not the same as everybody else. You are willing to do any and everything to fit in, to be accepted, to be loved. Um, And uh, so I was willingly going along with a whole bunch of this stuff. Um, But it comes from it comes from two really important things. One, people have shame and fear about what it means to be gay or what it means to be trans or, or not not cisgender and heterosexual and so they start like making it your issue to work out well you need to fix that you need to get right you need to make me comfortable and that's basically like what my pastor was doing he didn't know what he was doing it was it would be years later that he actually said i never talked to a gay person before and i was i didn't eventually you know spoiler alert eventually i spent about four years living in the basement of the church and cutting off friends and family moving away from everybody I knew because I was willing to give up everything, including school, my business, so I could become pleasing to God. And um, when none of that worked, when none of it had effect, um, and I'd clearly given up more than anybody, anybody who was telling me what to do had done, um, it, was, it was clear to me that one, God still loved me, and that God still had a purpose for my life, and that two, people were putting their own insecurities <coughs> on me. And that was really one of the big things. And it's not to say everybody who who believes that they were secretly gay or something like that. It's more like they didn't know what to do with somebody who doesn't work the same way they do. And so they demonize it. They make it wrong. They make it a sin. They make it an abomination. And rather than either just listening or staying back and, and trying to understand, they make laws against it. They use it as a power move so that they can make themselves seem more righteous. The main people voting right now for anti-gay legislation are people who are secretly gay <laughs> in the Republican Party. They always say that. Like, it's, it, we just see it over and over again, and I think it's because of fear and shame. So from, your, so from your experience now that, you know, you've, you know, I, that was some years ago, you've been in the queer community for quite some time now, was that more of a Black queer experience or did you also hear and see that from other races so um so where this intersects with blackness um specifically is and this goes back to the history um colonization that is when europeans went and took over african nations when europeans enslaved black people when europeans did all this stuff they literally went and were seeking power and to get that they disrupted a lot of the cultural norms and traditions of black people, indigenous folks, um, people in Asia, all, all over the world. There were multiple genders. There were multiple sexual expressions. There were multiple ways that people expressed themselves. And in order to create a power structure, they said none of those are right. There's only two genders. Everything that you had, where you had witch doctors, those were typically queer folks. Where you had two-spirit people, if you look in Native American culture, those are typically queer trans folks. They said none of that's real, and if you believe any of that, that will literally kill you. And so they killed the, the people who had spiritual authority and who had leadership authority in those communities and erased their whole histories and just called them witch doctors and just called them. Um, and literally, they burned them, burned them up at stakes. And so when it comes to when we think about, oh, well, the, that homosexuality stuff, that's the white man stuff. No, we have thousands of years of history on the continent of Africa of all kinds of gender expressions and sexual expressions. But when we got colonization, when when white Christians went over to say, no, this is what God wants from you, they literally erased all that, covered it over, and made 
violently homophobic uh, values become part of what we think is our culture. And it really never was. But again, because they wanted power, they were willing to sacrifice the people who, again, we all know in church, choir directors, music uh, ministers, preachers, singers, all these talented folks who are critical to our communities to this day were the very ones who got targeted so they could disrupt that and create this idea that we're somehow the problem. Meanwhile, they're stealing all our resources, stealing all our creativity, stealing the, the very things that come out of the lands that we were stolen from. I could preach all day, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> oh, hold on, let me, let, me, let me take it back, because I want to get Justin I want to get Justin yeah, in. Well, I was about to add, yes, I was about to add. I don't know what I have to add to that. Like, I'm sitting here learning myself, like, damn. <laughs> But okay, I'm here. Well, I'm listening. Had you ever was any of that uh, familiar to you? Had you heard about these uh, casting out of demons? Was that any part of your experience, or other people that you may have known? Yes and no. Uh, I grew up in the black church, but then my like my education was based in like a very like an all white conservative private school. My entire upbringing. Uh, so what was really conflicting about that is not only was I struggling with my like identity uh, as a as a person, I mean, just my identity in total was under question because I went to this all white institution as a mixed race person, you know, where I was told what I was and what I wasn't. You know, I had people telling me, oh, you're not black because black people look like this. And because there was only what, six black people in the school. So like they only had like, so what to compare and I'm like, okay, but clearly my, you know, I know I'm, I know who I am. But right. then also when you bring on the whole being queer, being gay, it's like, that's a whole subject that I didn't understand and no one understood. So I didn't have any guidance into how to navigate uh, and how to process that. So what I think I did was I just shut folks off that made me feel, uh, not, I don't want to say less than, but insecure uh, about my own discovery. Uh, so it, you know, I, of course I've had supportive family. I mean, my family is supportive and loving. Uh, do, are there, I, I don't know if, I can't say like, oh, my family is totally open-minded uh, to everything. I don't, I don't think that that's the case. And, you know, Lance, I'm sure you can like attest to that. Um, but I, I was able to be brought up in a supportive, uh, system where I knew that I was valid, um, and I can still exist. But I think there was a part of my, uh, upbringing where I just backed off because I never questioned, uh, I never went through, like Darren talks about, like going through trying to fight it I didn't fight it. I, I, there was no part of me that could. I couldn't look myself in the mirror and try to convince myself that I was someone else. I just, I had this knowing, this deep understanding that this is who I was. Now, what I thought that meant that I was going to live a miserable life, a miserable life that I didn't think I'd be able to navigate, and I would have to completely disassociate myself with everything I know to to live in my truth. I was always seeking out being able to live in my truth. Uh, I mean, and yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you this, Justin, because obviously I've known you since you were a baby. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that, well, first of all, what do you identify as? Because I want to be respectful. I meant to ask Darren that too. What do you identify as so I can be respectful? 
Well, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a femme gay man. I'm a gay man who okay. like you know is is pretty femme. Uh, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I thought, but I didn't want to assume. So, uh, when did you realize that that you were gay? Like, you were like, at what age where you started to realize that you were gay? Or I, I mean, I had my first crush when I was, you know, four or five years old, and that uh-huh. was on, and that was on a boy. There was never, I, I, I never remember having a struggle of who am I attracted to. Uh, there was really. Like I, I talk about like how I didn't really have a coming out, like a proper, you hear a lot of people in the queer community talk about their coming out story. I feel like that's something that I didn't have because it was just this, it, especially in the black community, and this is something that I think we could all attest to, there's not, there's not really room for conversation about that. Especially in the time that I grew up, there wasn't like this, open table like okay let's talk about this and let's you know it was just like an understood thing i think my family just knew uh and then once i like (laughs) yeah because i didn't hide it there was no part of me that was like ready to hide it i mean lance in winfield like his brother would come over and i would know they'd want to like they would pick me up and throw me around and want to play sports and stuff and i'm like i don't want to do that like right. I, there's no part of me that wants to hang out with you i'm sorry um you know and that's because i knew that i didn't oh, he did. I, he ain't, he ain't lying. I didn't have that like connection and i mean not to say that we don't have a connection with family i love lance and i love my family but there wasn't a commonality. I had more, I noticed I had more in common with a lot of the women uh, in my family. And I leaned towards that side of the spectrum of gender uh, for inspiration and for guidance. Uh, And those, and of course, black women, like, you know, black women are always doing everything to make everyone around them feel comfortable. It's just like the nature of it so i mean i've been fortunate to grow up with black women and surrounded by strong amazing black women uh that have taught me a lot uh but i i always have that disconnection i think from how did that juxtapose between being in an environment where it was mostly white uh conservative where you grew up as you say you you are in your family around strong black women who you know are so inclusive but how did that how did that allow you to operate in that space when you went outside of your family and you're in this conservative white community? There was no room for originality uh, in that in that community. I mean, like in this in the education system that I was in, you had to dress a certain way. I mean, they put actual restrictions on how you presented yourself, what you did, what you listened to, how you talked, uh, you know, the things that you studied. The things that you were interested in, the kind of music that I played. I mean, I've always been a musician. That's always been a huge part of my life. And I didn't get to choose what I and how I tapped into that. Uh, and that was because there's this, like Darren said, there's a, this inherent fear and shame against things that folks don't understand. And I think that when it comes to queer people in the Black community specifically, that that fear, that trauma is so deep within us. It's so deeply rooted. And I've, I've had to come to terms with uh, why the black community tends to be more homophobic uh, than other communities. And a lot of that is because of our own oppression. But that 
I honestly feel is the same reason it makes me so sad and disappointed to see this like this strong homophobia in our community because we understand all black people understand what I feel as a queer person being other and being told that I don't belong and and making people uncomfortable for or you know or people being uncomfortable for something that is with like out of my control. I know where it comes from. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, go ahead, Lance, and then I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, I can see where it comes from. We we come from a very judgmental culture in general. Uh, black people are very much about their image. Double down on that with religion. Uh, you double down on that with old school Southern values. Uh, I mean, right there, that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, they could probably speak to it more than I can, but I'm just talking about just on the surface level. We're very judgmental. We judge about each other's finances, our clothes, how we dress, how we talk, especially coming up in high school. So if you're saying like uh, black people, even though we, you would think that we would always be about inclusion uh, because of slavery, like no matter what we would be about inclusion, it's quite the opposite. Like sometimes we the same way. We've been brought up in a system that kind of pushes people against each other, like in every aspect of our society. Look at our government. Even our government is a them versus they uh, situation. It's not, a, it's not a cooperative. So nothing really in society is built to push cooperation on a mass level. So yeah, inside every culture and subculture, you're going to have that, especially one like ours. With I say all the time, we don't really have a real culture. Like Unlike every other culture, I like to say culture instead of race, we can't trace our roots back because of slavery. So specifically black people here in America, we don't have these old school traditions from the motherland. Like we don't even have that commonality. Like when an Italian person sees another Italian, it's instant brotherhood, especially if they be like, oh, we both from Sicily or something like that. Or Irishmen see another Irishman, whether they know each other or not, it's instant like kinmanship. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Black people don't have that. Well, do we it. don't feel that. We don't have those roots that go way back in those traditions and songs and all that. So, right. yeah, so we're we very just in the culture. So, you don't black yeah. people and you do the sub. Yeah. Not, that's not, that's not, we do. That's I was, was going to say, I, I do think we have culture. We have right. culture. Hip hop. We have be honest culture, with you. But that's no, our culture is before hip hop, though. We built, we built these traditions. And then I'm even learning that some of this stuff, like some of the ways that African-American vernacular English, A-A-V-E, A-A-K-A slang works, mm. is directly linguistically connected back to African languages. Like, yeah. we are still being black folks, even though we are disconnected from the, from the continent. There's so much stuff that, the dan have you seen people do footwork? You can put that to Afrobeat and you know, like, of course. You know but I'm just saying, like when I say we don't, we don't. Our culture is different. Latinos and other races, so to speak, can trace their culture back to a homeland of their people, and we cannot. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. No, our, lineage, our lineage, lineage was disrupted. Right. It was disrupted from our like. I don't I, even. I will never really know my original tribe, my language, my religion, my beliefs, my traditions. I will never actually know that. But I can then, only know what was started from once we got here. Think about it, though. Even knowing that our culture in this country is the most sought after culture mm -hmm. in this entire like in the space. I mean, I would say in the world, but I'm just going to I'm just we'll just keep it local. Uh, you know that that everyone wants a, a bite of it. They don't necessarily want to deal with all that yeah. comes with it. Uh, yeah. But the, what we have done 
with the past 200 and something years, I think is remarkable. It's, wild. it's remarkable. So I wanted to go back to what you were saying though about the black community being so homophobic. Um, and I'm not making any excuses. I just remember, I just watched the episode. I don't know if any of you watched Dave. Uh, it's, it's a, it's I gotta a, watch the new season. It's I watch hilarious. And there's always a lot of like low key messages that they're, you know, but in this one episode, you know, Dave's a white rapper and, you know, he was being crossing the line of what people might consider gay with his other white friend. And it was like on full display, they was just doing a whole lot of boundary pushing. Hey, wow, and um, his black, you know, uh, counterpart, you know, they were like, he basically said, we can't do that. As black men, like y'all could play with each other like that and no one would think anything of it. But as a black man, because of what we went through, we can't do that. So I think that goes back to what you, what you were saying about with the oppression and what's been drilled into black people's minds. They forced us to be homophobic because we feel like we can't, we can't afford an extra layer of it tra like trauma. So exactly. it's I, or, I, right, yeah. of being different too. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm right. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, like, I I realize why a lot of black parents, uh, because now, you know, now I'm working within the like political arena and I'm doing uh like social justice activism and I've been able to talk to a lot of younger, like Gen Z kids. And I was talking to one of these, like an 18 year old who was, who was queer and came out to their family and they were black. And I was just saying, I'm like, you know, black parents, I think the reason black parents have a panic when their child comes out to them is because it's not a, oh, I hate you. Now I cannot love you. Now I cannot be around you. It's, it's more so a, like this idea of, Oh no, I don't that want your life to be harder. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want you to have a hard life. We cannot like there's there's several things that we as people feel like we're not afforded. We are not a lot like you said, black men particularly, uh, which are, you know, black people are always supposed to be strong, tough, gangster, like no and it's just like that we're not all built the same way. No no single human being is built the same way. But you know what? I have a little, little small issue with the use of the word homophobia for it's as a broad statement sometimes. Like it seems like sometimes the word homophobia is used just when someone doesn't like something that may be pertaining to the gay lifestyle. Like, for instance, what she the issue and the reason I say this is because of what she just brought up in regards to cracking the gay jokes. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not a fan of that either, but does that mean that I'm homophobic? And should that term be used because I don't like to be played with in that manner? Well, so do you have... Oh, go ahead, Darren, please. No, I, I, I don't want to cut you off, Justin, so if you, if you want to take it first, go for it. I was just going to ask my cousin, uh, like, so do you have... Is that... that When you see that, right, you witness something, it makes you uncomfortable, you don't like it, is that if that's because it, it makes you uncomfortable, right? That's fear. Fear homophobia is the is the 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 fear of of not understanding another culture. 
or another, not, I shouldn't say culture, but just another lifestyle. So I so would say that's homophobic. Maybe it's we do need a definition of it because I think a lot of times when people think of phobia, they think of homophobia as a fear of homosexual people. Tiff you on it, because that's that's exactly where I was gonna go. The, the actual, like mm -hmm. now, dictionaries have a history about how dictionaries came to be. But if we take the first thing that comes up, homophobia in, in the dictionary is defined in Oxford is defined as dislike or prejudice against gay people. Um, similarly, and I think the transphobia definition is huge. I just had a conversation with somebody about this today. Um, hold on one second, pull it up real quick. The, uh, too often we think that we're talking about fear and while we could be, and because of that Latin root of the word phobia, um, that's where our minds go, but we're actually talking about prejudice. We're talking about dislike, discrimination, prejudice towards a group that's not based on facts or experience. And so when you look at it from that group, from that lens, if you are making gay jokes and you're not gay yourself, you don't have experience yourself, you're making these kind of stereotypes and assumptions and blah, blah, blah about a group you're not a part of, it's antagonistic. It's it's like harmful to the people that are in that group. Well, and, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Not not making gay jokes. If I'm saying I don't like to be played with in that manner, like she was saying on the show, Dave, he was doing a lot of playing around, doing a lot of things that were considered like homosexual jokes or playing with each other, like in a homosexual manner. Like I went to a high school where, and you see this more in white culture. They do that a lot. White boy thinks gay humor is very funny. They're very comfortable playing with each other like that. And like she said, yeah, but they dig brothers, each other's face, bend over, yeah, and that ain't, grab that's each other's ass. That's not, I mean, hey, I don't want to be offensive because that's not gay, but you know what I mean. That Right. They're, they're playing a, on this a, idea of be, behavior that's stereotypically uh, 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 you know what I mean, associated with being gay. So I so, went to an all white high school, they did a lot of that. So my point is, is me saying I don't want to be played with like that. I don't like that. Make me homophobic. It depends. You see what I'm saying? Because because I say that, they'll be like, "Oh, you homophobic?" Like, no, just because I don't want to be played with in that manner, you can't just necessarily label me as homophobic. I think that's unfair. So when it comes to so when it comes to to defining like what racism is, let's just pull back for a second and put it in another context. Black people are best in position to define what, what is racist because the effects of racism hit us the hardest. That's where the, the dead bullseye center of racism. So when it comes to defining if some action or some activity has a homophobic impact, regardless of your intentions or heart, there are things that people do that have an impact that are harmful antagonistic of LGBTQ plus people. So to your question, you said, am I homophobic if I don't want somebody to make, you know, to play around, play gay or, you know, like hump on your butt or something like that? The question really becomes, what is the problem with it? Is the problem that your, yeah, that your ability to control your body and give consent and permission is being violated by somebody who thinks they're making a joke? There's zero things wrong with that. If the problem is somebody might think I'm gay, somebody might think that we're gay. If it has to do with the idea that someone could perceive you as gay, 
and that that is somehow inherently bad, that would be an internalized okay. homophobia. And the, the ways that we kind of protect our image in society against people thinking that we're gay, that would be homophobia, even if you, quote unquote, don't have an issue with gay people. And so it really, it does depend. It's really nuanced. But just like you don't want Becky coming in, and by Becky, I'm just referring to, you know, a white right, person coming in saying, <laughs> I'm not racist. My right. nephew is black. You're like, Becky, <laughs> what you're doing, regardless of what you think about your family and about who you love and how you don't see color, you're still participating in things that are harmful to black folks. And because you say, I didn't mean nothing bad by it, you shut down and speak over black folks. And so that's the challenge. Like we really do have to do more listening to, to, um, to trans folks and to, uh, to queer folks in general. Um, and we had a question I wanna clarify uh, as well. Somebody in the, in the comments asked, what is queer? Queer is like this umbrella term for everything that is LGBTQ plus. So all the, all the people can fit under the umbrella of queer, but queer doesn't mean the same for everyone. And not everybody even wants to be called queer, um, but we don't have words that are good enough to capture everybody who's not homosexual, who's not transgender, who's not bisexual, who's like all the other nots. It's for everybody who's not cisgender, which means you're the sex or gender you were assigned at birth or who's not um, something else when it comes to not being heterosexual. Hmm. That was a very good explanation. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was awesome. And then I, I had a question and then I just forgot. Yes, I'm sorry. I was talking. No, no, it's okay. I'm trying to think. Oh, so yeah, I do have uh, to piggyback off of what you said. So how far does that that homophobia or that transphobia go? Because what you said was an excellent explanation. But then you've seen where I think it was Genuine who received all this backlash because he was on the show and a transgender person wanted to kiss him and he did not want to kiss him. I think it was a kid. It was something like that, right? It was a kiss. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to kiss him. So yeah. then I got all this backlash mm -hmm. that he was transphobic and I didn't think that that would be considered transphobic. He has a right to not, you know, if it was if it was a like for if I was in that situation, it was a, you know, I'm, I'm heterosexual. If it was a man that wanted to kiss me, and I didn't want to kiss them. I'm not attracted to them. That doesn't make me phobic against them. That's just my personal choice. So that's uh, like, how far does that go? And do you think, was that an instance of transphobia to you? And both, either one of you guys. Yeah, Jesse, you want to take that first? I, I want to piggyback some uh, off something Darren said. We're talking about two, in my, in my head, we're talking about two separate things. We're talking about consent and we're talking about homophobia. I don't care who it is. Nobody better lean over and try to kiss me. Nobody. Period. You know, without my without my consent. Uh, and I can absolutely say no. Genuine can absolutely say no. Now, in which manner? In which manner did genuine like refuse this interaction? That's that's what the real question is. And like, what were the what was the engage like? What was that engagement like? Exactly. That's just pretty pretty calm and polite about it. Yeah, because okay, I, I, I don't know. I don't know of this situation, but I'm saying if, if genuine was like, hell no, nah, I do that gay shit, like get that nah. shit away from me. That's different. That's homophobic. Right. That so is he was very respectful. And I mean, you got to also remember he's a married man. So right. there's probably a whole bunch of things that play 
uh, which was why he wouldn't want to kiss somebody besides his wife. Right. Um, that, um, but yeah, go a, ahead. It's a simple manner of uh, consent. I think that's something that we have to be very, we have to carry our consent with pride. You know, we have control over our bodies. Lance, like backing off of what you were saying, like if you don't want somebody touching you, that's, that is your choice. That is your power. You can say that uh, and you can say that firmly. Uh, you know, it's just in a manner of how we're thinking about how we're impacting uh, the people that we are interacting with. Do you have an answer to that, Darren? To what I what yeah, I pose? Yeah, this this I can bridge us into like this bigger question because this comes up all the time. If a cisgender, and so to define the word, cisgender means you are you identify or you see yourself as the same gender that you were assigned at birth. We all get an assignment. That means a doctor um, tells, writes on a, on a legal document, this is this person's gender. Doctors get that wrong sometimes by, you know, there's intersex people, people who are born with ambiguous genitalia. There's all kinds of hormonal things that happen. But also, the way we identify, we all have a gender identity. And so cis people identify with the same way that they were assigned at birth. Trans people identify differently or across um, from what they were assigned at birth. So that being said, cis people, we're the, the default, we're the majority, if you will. Um, cis people don't always notice the difference in how they're saying what they're saying. And I'm a cis person too, so we don't always realize how we're saying what we're saying. So with this idea of consent, you always have the right to date or not date whoever you meet and decide this is not who I want to, you know, have a relationship with. Where we get into a whole other piece is, again, let's go back to race. If a white dude says, I don't want my daughter dating no N-word, because I don't know which, which platform this is on, it might get cut off. <laughs> He's not talking so much about my daughter met somebody I don't like. He's talking about an entire group of people that he's never met and making this sweeping judgment against this whole group. And while he can have an opinion, the challenge comes in is that he, as a white man in the United States, has a long history of legal, violent action that supports his opinion and that he can cause harm to black people individually and as a group and not receive repercussions for it because of that's the environment that he's in with his opinion. And so when it comes to talking about trans folks, trans folks are just trying to live life, right? They're just trying to be regular, oh, everyday human beings. But in the United States right now, you can go cat call someone you see down walking down the street, get all up in their face, take their number, go and have sex with them, and when your friends find out that she is a trans woman, you can murder her. And in at least 45 states, probably more, because it's, the, it's really slow to get the legislation changed, you can legally say, I killed her because I found out she was trans. And that's a legal defense in the United States. Wow. And so discrimination looks different when it's, when it's backed by legal power we um, all can discriminate we all can have people so, that we don't want and, and do want but we have to be careful about how we use that and um and we can get into more of the nuance there go ahead well really well you actually it's interesting that you bring that up 
because uh, Kia just requested that we bring that up. So uh, I found, I don't, actually, I don't know how this was sent to me, but there was a post, I guess it was on Twitter somewhere, about what was called stealth sex. Are you familiar with this? Um, define it a little bit more because there's a few things that come to mind. Well, basically what it was, it was a post where someone was telling transgender women, that, I'm assuming that's what, let me make sure I get the term right. Okay. When a man transitions to a woman, that's a transgender woman, correct? Correct. Okay. Was telling transgender women how to have sex with men without them finding out they're transgender. And so they're post-operative. Post right. So they're post-operative, and it was labeled stealth sex. Now, when I saw it, I was like, this is bogus, because they're teaching transgenders how to trick men into having sex. And they were giving, like, explicit details like don't let them eat you out don't let them finger you don't maybe have missionary unless you're comfortable things like this so i just said only thing i simply put was this is very dangerous to teach you're going to get someone hurt well an ally and i posted in my part of my ugly group for those who are watching the show not in the group it's in my part of my ugly group an ally of the queer community she protested essentially saying that once she felt I was putting out a narrative, I guess, that all transgenders do this, which I don't really feel I put out that narrative. I just simply said that was dangerous behavior to try to teach. But she said it was for sex workers and it was for sex worker safety and that they weren't actually teaching transgenders how to get away with it. They were teaching transgenders how to be safe if they're sex workers. So she asked me to bring this up. She's the the person who recommended you. I guess what's your take on it? But and, and also real quick, she's saying pre-op, but I don't really know how. It didn't say that in the post. It just simply so in the post. I'm basing it off of what I read that it mm -hmm. had to be post-op. But she's saying pre-op. I'm not really sure wow. how. How, could, how could you have actual sex if it's pre-op? It doesn't. Well, first That's of all, go ahead. Justin. That doesn't matter. Pre-op, post-op, wherever, whatever stage a trans person is at. That's that's really. I'm sorry. That's just nobody's business. It doesn't matter like what the situation is, what, what kind of sex they're having. I, I think that that just needs, I don't know. No, and, and, and let me, let me clarify what I meant by saying that I, I definitely it's no one's business, but I'm saying it, 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 it was important to the context because if you are pre-op, I would think if the person is having sex with you, they know not they know, no, not always. not not. I mean, maybe. I mean, it depends. I mean, it, it depends know you on know you're not a woman. Not always. Okay, let's talk about it, Darren. Break it down. Y'all silent. It's quiet. seriously, because I know we're about to get educated. So let's go. <laughs> I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. So, so a few things. I I'm showing up as an ally for trans folks because I am cisgender. This isn't this isn't the, the life that I have to live and fight and struggle for. So I'm also subject to be wrong and to be corrected by by anyone who's trans or trans identified. So the thing about genitals, because that's where a lot of people's minds immediately go. One, we all try to assume or ask questions about what's in people's underwear, and that's actually not really the center of this conversation. Um, we think it's really important, but it's not. Um, in part, what in part because you can have 
sex with somebody and not see all of their genitals. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just the thing. And it doesn't like we always make these assumptions about everyone's having the vast majority we know because of how much it costs and how dangerous it is. The vast majority of people won't have bottom surgery. That is surgery on their lower half of their body. Um, but whether or not they had surgery actually doesn't matter. Um, again, in the scenario I described earlier, a lot of times people know and don't care. Right. To be passing, that is to, to be someone who doesn't look trans is privilege that requires thousands of dollars that most trans people don't have access to, but that doesn't stop people from pursuing trans folks mm-hmm. and then acting surprised when they get well, found out. Well, let me just say the, the only reason I posted this because it came off and uh, it sounded like they were describing vaginal sex because they that's, were saying things about, yes. right, they were saying things about how not to let them go too deep and things like that because then it's going to tip the person off. That's why I'm saying these were explicit instructions. I don't post things like this normally, but I'm like, like this, this is thing that will get someone hurt by literally trying to trick someone into believing you see what I'm saying? So, so her whole thing was more of a safety issue. So I was like, this doesn't sound like safety. Let's question that narrative of why someone deserves to be hurt um. if they are surviving a world where it is legal to murder them for simply existing as a trans person. Well, uh, I, mean, well, I, I wouldn't say anything about deserves to be hurt, but if well, you will, if you knowingly. If you're saying it's logical to injure someone because they didn't disclose to you something that literally can cause them to be killed. Hold on, I'm not sure if I well, can connect the dots on this one. Yeah, no, I need him to connect these dots for me, Tiff. Well, let's let's overall let's let's be really a hundred about yeah. how a lot of people feel, and I don't want it to be offensive in any way. I'm just talking about people and and them without the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So. Right. So, number one, we know as a, as a world, uh, a country that trans people are highly uh, at risk of being injured or hurt, period, just for existing. Right. So, as a result of that, I think what Lance is saying then, why teach them to put themselves in a position that's at an even higher risk of them getting hurt. And because that's just the nature of what we're dealing with. That's not saying it's right. It's definitely not it's, right. It's teaching but someone it's to be deceptive. It's reality. It's just like, you know, right. and we talk about this, and I know it's a fine line because we've had discussions about, you know, Lance talking about how women might wear certain items of clothing and if they go in certain environments, you know, yeah, that doesn't mean that lady deserves to be raped or anything, but it's a very risky situation that she would be putting herself in. And as knowing that, then you kind of have to, you know, uh, self-preservation. But we have I to think ask that's a question. We have to let, let me let me pull it back to the illustration sure. about women sure. going and wearing certain clothes. Right. If it's true that women are safer in more modest clothes, then why do women in burkers get raped? And that's why I said it's a thin line because you're right. You're absolutely right. And in the same way, if it's true that trans women who disclose, who make it clear, who don't pass, also get murdered for being trans, 
why why is the narrative that they're somehow safer for disclosing when they many of the women who were killed were never hiding in the first place well i obviously that's i can't argue with that but if you're saying you're not disclosing to a person that you're sleeping with then you're not giving that person full consent well the way that consent should work in this in this moment is if for you if you are a person who will become violently angry about finding out that you had sex with someone you were attracted to who you later find out is trans then it's on you to every single time you have plan on having sex with somebody it's on you to ask why, why, why include value. why include violently angry in the scenario let's just take let's just talk about it as a whole it is it isn't it incumbent upon that person to let me know or whoever the individual is that they are trans you don't think nope. because if i don't if i'm a, don't if i don't want to have person. sex with a trans person that's my choice but you remove that choice from me have 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 you known guys who had sex with people without asking them asking people their sexual histories sure i have i've done it and if you find out that that person had an std whose fault is that so you're saying because i'm taking that risk you're when you don't ask the questions about someone that you're consensually having sex with it's on that's... you to ask the questions that are important and i'm not but... saying that the other person doesn't have any responsibility i'm saying if it's important for you to find out that you're always having sex with a certain kind of person it's always on you to ask the question now if somebody Ooh, I don't... ask and they don't disclose that's a different conversation but if you never asked so i'm supposed to ask a woman is she transgender mm -hmm. so it, if, I if that's stop. a concern for you if, that, if that's something that like come on let's be realistic now do you see a problem, so, do you so, see a problem so, asking that but generally in society, it's frowned upon for someone to have it knowingly have an STD and not tell the, someone. That's it less happens. frowned upon by it the happens. person that didn't disclose. It happens, but I'm so saying listen. generally when those conversations and, and are talked about, ourselves? the person who didn't disclose is looked at as so how the, do we protect uh, ourselves when it comes to STIs and STDs? we ask or we have conversations or we do whatever we can do on our end like taking prep to avoid hiv using condoms using barrier protection well how do you protect yourself if you can't if, if you don't do the disclosure what other way could you protect yourself hold on hold on before we get to that before we get to that i think what you're advising sounds great but in practical application must differ and i kind of liken it to the scenario when a man gets a woman pregnant and he's in a relationship with her yes tech like to ask that to ask for a dna test to protect yourself makes sense but the impact that you're the damage potentially to the relationship because you're asking that doesn't make that so simple so when you just simply say ask that woman is she transgender you say it as if nothing may potentially happen that's harmful and impactful. Oh, you you make it seem so easy. Like, hold on, before we oh, lay down real quick, sweetheart, are you transgender? It's not easy. But so, but, but you're removing, you're removing any accountability from the transgender at all. 
Well, and hold on. You should clarify. You should it's call at least be a two way street, right? Transgender, you should call them transgender people. Yeah, not transgender people. Okay. I'll take oh, totally. trans people. But can I say trans something people. real quick? Do you hear? I mean, listen to us. Listen to like the last like three, four minutes of this conversation. This goes back to something Darren was talking about, about the way that we've been socialized in this country. We are taking all of the pressure, all of it, off of men. When you talk about women dressing a certain way, and like, oh, maybe, maybe, oh, if she dresses a certain way, she's putting herself at risk because what men can't control themselves. And and B, we're talking about, you know, trans folks like, oh, they should or we shouldn't teach this to trans folks. That's dangerous. No, what's dangerous is maybe we should have a more clear narrative on how people should be respectful to all people and not take all the pressure is being put on the community that's being oppressed and that are walking around every day constantly like in fear that this could be their last. Yeah, so but I think, I mean, okay. How ahead. are we not, well, how are we not, how are we not putting pressure on, on the, you know, on men? I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. And I do agree with Lance as well, that it's a, it's a mutual responsibility. Um, but, at the same time, I, overall, I agree. But when it's time to get intimate with someone, that's like a whole different gamut. That's not just oppression overall. Those are two people that that are that are making a choice there. And so, therefore, how is that oppressive? If you if you're you want to have sex with someone and you don't want them to know that. You're actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't really get that. So I don't really that's, Go ahead, Justin. That, 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 that the other person also has a choice. So how are you oppressed? Because they have a right to know that the person that they're laying down with is, uh, used to be a male. I agree with what you're saying about mutual respect and consent. But what I, yeah. what I have an issue with is what I'm hearing is people saying like, oh no, it is the transgender woman's responsibility and hers alone to fully disclose and to have these conversations. I think what Darren- was saying. That's, that's kind of what I was vibing. But what I feel- Am I Darren, wrong, Is that what you were saying? And I, I mean, I said, that at, I said that at bare minimum, it should be mutual. It definitely shouldn't be totally incumbent upon this. And keep in mind, it doesn't have to be just a cisgender man or a cisgender woman. And then it, 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 it could be any person. Like you have some information that you probably, I would guess, would assume I would like to know before we do something oh so intimate. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think I have a right to know that. And to, for me to ask you sounds great in conversation, but again, in practical application is different. And let me just say this real quick about the whole how women dress thing, uh, uh, Justin. I think because it wasn't explained in context, you didn't you didn't get what we're saying. Yes, everything you're saying about men shouldn't do so on and so forth, absolutely correct. But we're talking about reality. And in reality, regardless of what should happen, you be wise to be aware of what could happen. And so when you enter in certain environments, you be wise to acknowledge what environment you enter in because that environment more than likely, it's not a utopia and everything that should happen is going to happen tonight. So that is what I'm saying, whether it's a man, woman, child, or whatever, 
be aware of your environment and don't expect things to always go the way you want them to go because that ain't how reality works. And that's sure. all I was saying in regards to that. I wasn't trying to remove any accountability for men. We we done had the men creeps conversation many a times. We ain't and nobody has ever heard me say men ain't don't do the things that they've been accused of. I get it. I just didn't want I didn't want that narrative to get out there that that was okay. Like we agree with you on that. I just think, and I'm gonna let Darren preach in a second, but I just think that it's important that we don't continue this narrative that oh we have to put the pressure on on women to make sure that they are not putting themselves at risk of men, and we need to put more responsibility on men who conduct themselves in a way that is harmful to women. I'm not saying that I disagree. Uh, I just think that we, it's when we carry that and we continue that generation after generation, that, that struggle never ends. It will continue on. So we need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and say, no, you can wear what you want. But if someone were to approach you and to hurt you, we need to have a society that condemns that behavior and not right. the woman who dressed a certain way. Cause that's what we've heard for generation after generation. Oh, this has, this person has to do this or, you know, and yes. And I think another thing that Darren was saying is we just need to normalize having conversations about sex. Like I, I, Oh, it's so hard for you, but like <laughs> shit's hard. <laughs> like it's hard for everybody. It's like, uh, nah, bro. we're not, you, so, so I you, agree, but in that self, in that self sex example though, is it wouldn't the responsibility lie on the person that's engaging in specific tricky trickery? It's not just oh, so, I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about self sex, so I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> let's, 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 let's I think do. that's where I don't want it to get mixed up because we're not just talking about. Okay, you meet somebody out, you assumed that that was a woman when in fact, you know, I said, we're talking about a situation where, yes, the person made that assumption, but then the other person went the extra mile and engaged in some deceptive practices. Some, yeah, to, to, to further, well, not say further, but, but to engage in trying secure to secure the bag. They manipulated the situation. <laughs> So that they, you know what I'm saying? So that, I think that's where the mix up is. I don't want you guys to think that we're talking about just in general. It was about this self-sex so, example. Two things, two things okay. are really coming up for me. One, this conversation happens when I ask churches to be very public and upfront about what their policies are for LGBTQ folks in their church. If you believe that they're going to hell, I would love for you to put that on your website and make sure I can find it within a few clicks. I know, that's what <laughs> I agree on. And they said to me, oh, it's not that easy. That. You should, we could, nobody would come to church if we, if we did that, if we make, if we just put that out mm. there like that. They say, oh, no, 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 we don't, we want to bring you to coffee and we want church to, is a business, to have a, so. have a meeting. And so I asked, well, why is that? And they're like, well, well, because we can't say it that way and we can't do, but it's like, but you mean it. And you're going to hold people to that account. So if it's that important to you, then you should make it accessible to the people who are coming to find out. So that's one thing. Hold that in your mind. Hold it in your mind for one second. Let's switch topics again. And let's look at stealing. Most of us agree that stealing is somehow inherently wrong. But if I'm at Target and I see a person who looks like they're experiencing homelessness stealing a sandwich, mm. is it? 
important for me to protect Target from that person stealing a sandwich. Now, technically, legally, you say, but stealing is stealing. But we could also say Target has stolen thousands of dollars <laughs> in the form of not paying taxes, in the form of having their people on welfare, in the form of, of union busting. Target's stolen thousands of dollars. It's, le it's pretty much legal to underpay people. And then when you go to court about it, as long as you pay them up, they don't call it stealing, even though that is wage theft. They do that by the billions per year. But we have all of this deep moral conviction about that homeless person who decided to steal instead of working hard and all this other stuff in a society where we throw away more food per year than, than we consume. So how does that correlate? So I get what you're saying. Correlates. What I'm saying is that the person who's stealing is not nearly as in danger of causing harm to Target as Target is is in danger of calling, causing harm to that person. And so when we look at trans people, yes, are, are there trans people that exist that are doing deceptive practices? Yes, but trans people are like 0.2% of the population. Meanwhile, all the rest of us have laws and, and medical facilities and police departments who will support the ways that we are harmful towards trans people. So them doing something to survive the literal threat against their lives in every single interaction, every time they call the police, every time they go to an emergency room, all of that can be life and death for them. And we're asking them to come to the table as if we are coming as two equals to the same party. I get you. Well, as I said, this is not just out in the world. But this what is about, okay, in, about individual women. So if we sex come to with sex one I'm sorry. What about the reality that it was not a legal offense for a man to rape his wife until relatively recently in history? Politics and, and our society don't go away simply because we're in a bedroom together. The fact that people can still be raped in consensual relationships and that whether or not that's illegal is a matter of public court or a matter of policy and it changes. There's still the, the reality that women have historically been abused and harmed by women by men and that there's this whole history of how they've had to accommodate so that they could survive the ways that our society is structured i believe that we need to keep in mind that cisgender people are the target in this situation and trans people are the person who's experiencing homeless in this situation and while both can be wrong the level of impact and the level of harm is not the same between those two groups. Um, listen, I mean, some of the things you say, I, I definitely get. Uh, I get it's such a small portion of the population and they're not protected against discrimination and things like this in large numbers as of yet, uh, partially because they're so small in population as well. Uh, can you put it in for me, please? Uh, I just oh over there, over there. I just feel like that uh and I don't, I don't want to keep going in on this one particular subject. Uh but in general, when it comes to something interpersonal like that, one on one, there's certain things that it, it should be coming upon you to disclose. If you got an S T D, uh if you marry, goddammit. Uh you know what I'm saying? There's like certain shit you need to include whenever you're doing something like that. And I just think that's one of them. Like we can agree to disagree, 
I understand what you're saying about how uh, disclosing that information could be violent to them. Uh, I mean, it could be dangerous for them because they can disclose it to somebody and that person could react violently just in that nature. They could be a dinner. I get it. I get it. People out here are assholes. People out here don't have their shit squared on straight, so they can be trying to be upfront honest and haven't had any physical contact yet, and that person can react violently. I do get that. But I would say because, and I got to choose my words carefully. I don't know if I want to call it a choice. I don't know if that's considered disrespectful because I call it a choice, but you are in a lifestyle in which you are in the vast minority. Most people are not going to assume that of someone else. Like you just said it yourself, you're like point, they're like point two, three, point two percent of the country. So I'm not going to assume that of a woman most times. Like I don't think it should be natural. It's never going to happen that it's going to be a natural assumption. So a man is going to just come to think to his mind, should he ask? So because you knowing that you are such a small portion of the population and that you are living a lifestyle or whatever that most people don't live and that most people will want to know, I think it should be mostly upon you to let that person know because you you are the one who's different than most. You are not going to be the natural and you And you know this. Like this is the interpersonal thing. We ain't talking about work. We're not talking about just walking around. But we talking about something that's super personal. Could you apply that to your interaction with the police? No, because with the police, it's not super personal. Why not? We talking about sex, not just on the street dealing with an agency of the government. This Why is one on one, me and you getting to know each other, deciding to have intercourse. There's not too many things more personal than that. The rules should be somewhat different than just how you carry yourself to side. Where, That's all where do I go look up the rule book? Let me know. There's no rule book, but it's common decency the same way you would but want somebody to tell you they got an STD. And because you didn't ask, you would hope they wouldn't say, well, you didn't ask me. Like, but damn, you, you could but damn. You know people who have done that. That's all, and that's awful. Reasons. And that's awful. And because we don't have a rule book, because there's no one authority on who says who has to do what and how, it means it's on you to, to you to to prioritize your values. If you are saying that that you don't want to have sex with the HIV positive person, then you need to ask the status of everyone you have sex with. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's on you because you have an issue with the thing that you say is important. But and you an argument of right versus wrong, you're going to win every time. But I'm just saying. You, that you do understand what Lance is coming from, though, because. Like okay, HIV as a as an example, there was a literal pandemic at one point with HIV where that was a thing that people really had to ask and no one would be offended. But so so Lance's point is that since it's such a small percentage, can you imagine if you actually asking this and it's a woman, how that's gonna that might make her be like, What the fuck happened? What you mean? You know, I mean, how would you feel, Tiff? If, if it, would, it would be, it would be a very odd question. I don't know if it would. I don't know. I've never been asked that question before, obviously, but um, I can definitely understand where you were coming from when you were saying that because you're looking at it from the fact that probably nine times out of ten, it's gonna actually be a woman. I mean, a cisgender. I don't want to I didn't mean to be offensive when I say I meant a cisgender, someone who was uh, you know, is the assigned female at birth. Assigned, right. 
So you don't want to ask it to offend her because of a very small percentage possibility that it's the, that's kind of where you were coming from, Lance? Yeah, I'm just saying, that's, it's just, it's just, so I'm just saying I get it. In a right versus wrong, he gonna win. There's nothing I can say against self-preservation. There's no, there's no argument against that. So yes, you're right, like self-preservation, absolutely. But again, that's why I compared it to asking your wife for a DNA test on your baby. Like, yeah, self-preservation, say protect yourself against a child that might not be yours. Now, actually try it. Just try it. See how well that work out for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just it sounds good to say in conversation is what I'm saying. I just, I think that we need to address, I mean, just in a general sense, address the the amount of privilege that is had to to feel like you shouldn't have to ask that. I shouldn't have to be the one to ask that. I'm the majority. That's the minority. I should not have to be the one to do this. Or I, or no, the church shouldn't have to put that on the website because, you know, it's such a small community. We were once the small community. We still, in a large sense, are the small community as a people. And we are the minority. And we see the way that that works in the system that we live within. So if we could apply that as a people to our queer brothers and sisters and say, okay, maybe we can work just a little bit. Maybe we can just take a little step to try to make them feel more comfortable in the world that they also exist in because they're just as much a human being as I am. They're just as much a, a trans woman is just as valid as you are, Lance. So that, that, that woman deserves to be comfortable just as much as you do, but every yeah, time, but, 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 but every time that we we said, oh no, Lance, or just giving an example, I'm sorry, Lance, but, no, you no, no, but, like, but like, you know, that, oh, you should, maybe you should have a conversation or you should bring something up. I could see the discomfort in your face. I mean, like you're, you said it all, it made I don't you uncomfortable. That's why I'm trying not to be offensive. I don't but want to I mean, say anything wrong. Yeah. I don't think that there is any disagreement about the overarching thing that you're saying, but he, we're talking about a specific, we're talking about intimate situation. We're not talking about I get it. I think we all agree that absolutely everyone deserves to be comfortable. They deserve their same rights. No one would, would ever, well, I'm going to say no one because obviously there are people that think like that. But on this panel here, we don't disagree with that. I think when he's talking about the specific interpersonal, that intimate thing, that's that's a that's a that's a place that most people, you know, you don't have sex with. And well, let, me just, let, me just, let me just ask this question. Can both exist? Can we have the mentality that you said in the public sphere, workplaces, religion and all that, but in these interpersonal relationships, there's a, there's more of a moral mindset. So well, more so than just right or wrong, it's like morally, like because I care about the person that I'm about to do this with, I would want them to have full knowledge of what they're getting themselves into. Like on just on that level, like on inter like let's take it away from society and how you behave. Like on an interpersonal level, person to person, man, I care about you. Like I know people had casual sex. I get it, but on some level, you still should care about the person you're sleeping with. And I would think just on that, that alone, regardless of who you are, you would want that person to do what they're going to do with you, having full knowledge. 
of anything that would make them want to run away like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, they may want to back off. I'm just, I don't know. I'll it just seems like we can have both. As, as a man who is a sexual being, I have to have conversations with people where I will ask the things that are important to me. I feel like if I am inserting myself into your body and don't want to ask you about things that are happening in your body or don't feel comfortable to ask you about things that are happening in your body, then I feel like I am forfeiting like this demand on you about things that I didn't ask about. Now, again, I'm talking about for me for a second. Okay, okay. And so when it's important to me, and again, like gay men have often had to normalize this. We we put on in public what our status is. We put in public what our gender is. We put it on our profiles and our dating profiles because we say, okay, if this is important enough that you you're deciding you only want to have sex with a certain type of person, then I'm going to make my own information public. Like, for example, I have right down here, I have my pronouns listed in my bio. That's because I desire to normalize people sharing what their pronouns are. Now, whether or not other people do it, that's up to them. But me living into my values means I'm going to make that a part of every time I introduce myself. I'm going to introduce myself as, hey, I'm Darren Calhoun. My pronouns are he, him. And while the vast majority of people will not know what I'm talking about and they'll have to ask me and we'll have a conversation, because I'm committed to making sure that people understand this conversation about pronouns, I'm going to make it an important conversation, even though most people will say that's not important to me. So so let's move past this conversation. We, 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 we've been talking. I actually want to get into the pronoun conversation. And Darren, uh, thank you so much for looking at the comments and, and inserting information. Because some of the, we can't get to some of them because the right. conversation is so great. Um, I can't, so I appreciate that you're going in and, and answering some of the questions people have. Um, I don't know if you're able to see them, Justy. If you want, I definitely can go back. Well, going forward because it's been so many. If, yeah, something, so if something comes up, like, please let me know. I'm not watching okay. it, I'm very yeah. like present uh yeah. so please no, we appreciate I, it. I have to keep but, uh, for some of the stuff you know they, they ask questions so um but anyway go ahead but what i'm gonna say is can y'all i don't understand the whole pronoun thing at all i don't i, I heard you even just explain it. i mean i i get it and i don't can you explain that to me a person like uh identifying uh saying what their pronouns are what does that like really mean just uh, yeah. sure well, I mean, pronouns are, it's another way, uh, kind of like Darren mentioned earlier, that, you know, colonizers really, like, wanted to separate everyone and, and, and strip power where there was power. And basically, there are people who uh, identify, you know, or, or that were assigned male at birth that have been using he, him, everyone, you know, uses those pronouns for Lance, right? Like, let's just use that for an example. Lance has always been known as he, him. There's no question about that. That is what he's comfortable with. That's how he identifies. Tip, I'm assuming that you've always used she, her pronouns, that that was always understood. That is what you are comfortable with. And that is that. There are some folks uh, like, okay, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the term non-binary. Let me, let me, let me, you, let's start with that. Have you heard of non-binary before? I think it means that you don't, you don't have a gender. You don't identify with either male right. or female. 
So oh, okay. those are, uh, I know Darren mentioned earlier, two-spirited people, uh, which in uh, Native culture were people who uh, felt like they embodied both, uh, both, both genders or neither gender. Uh, and that is when you start seeing the usage of they, them pronouns being oh. used um, to, to still be able to respectfully, uh, you know, uh, I guess it address people uh, in a way that is not offensive. I mean, I know that like there are some people who just, you know, that may have been using he, him pronouns their whole life that aren't comfortable with that, never felt like that, I, they identified with that, never felt like that was correct. Um, but they also know that they're not a she, her that does that also doesn't feel right. I mean, I have so many friends and people in my life that have finally been able to come out and say, neither of those feel right. Those both hurt. And I would rather be known as they, them. Um, and it's something that three years ago, four years ago, even as a person who has always been uh, queer, like I had no idea if I was like, what? Like I was just as confused, you know, as as I'm sure so many people are right now. But That's why I asked. But because we are we are integrating that into our culture now, we are we are normalizing pronouns and asking people what their pronouns is and and understanding how to use they them because that's a whole like vernacular thing you got to learn because you know we we know they them as a as a plural uh, right. term right like we right. say they and it's it means a grouping people. of people right but so I'm gonna. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Let's just finish, and then I have a question. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just gonna say, I, I have, I have very, I do not have a lot of patience for people that, even after this is explained, that refuse to like start trying to to build this into their uh, being because I, I, I'm have been, I was raised by my grandparents. They are, you know, Lance's aunt and uncle. They were, they're 81 and 87 years old. So these are black folks born in the 30s and the 40s. And they understand because of me being able to just explain to them because they're friends in my life that they knew as she, her, or he, him that no longer identify with that. And I've had to explain to them, well, they are more comfortable using they, them pronouns. And now they get it. It's not that they, Do they? I don't want to say they understand, but they absolutely respect it and they know how to go about it and they know to not use certain pronouns for certain people. So I'm, I'm saying if the generation that, the silent generation can learn how to like, but it's a willingness. It's not, it's really not, it's not a difficult, it's not as difficult as I think people make it seem. It's a willingness to say, okay, I am willing to take that measure and to, to incorporate people in an inclusive way. So I think so, that's where pronouns come in. So, so with that being said, um, do you believe that going forward, because I, you know, from my um, experience is usually what Darren has done when um, people will announce in some way that these are the pronouns that I go after. But is it, are we supposed to be asking? So we go back to that again. Before addressing anybody, is that 
Is that the norm that we should be doing? Should we be asking people in the event that they don't announce it before? Because I've, I've, I've been in a situation um, where I was in class, uh, you know, now we're in a virtual world. And so um, the individual did not have that, you know, on their Zoom screen. And because of society and what we always know, it was understood that that was a woman. And it could still be a woman, right? Because that doesn't mean that you've had any, if you if you choose to go by they or them, that doesn't mean that there's anything, you know, it could still be a woman. So, but anyway, the teacher, the teacher was speaking or referring to this person was saying her or she. And the uh, individual's friend came back and was like, you know, I can't remember. Let's say Jessica. Jessica identifies as they and them, but she kind of said it annoyingly as if the teacher had offended. And I didn't think that was fair because how would anyone know? You know what I'm saying? So, oh, the teacher. so that's why I'm asking you, because I, 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 you know, if I ever had a conversation, I probably would have did the same thing. You know, it was just in that moment. That's that's who was having the conversation. It was Jessica, the teacher, and um, so is that what we should be doing going forward before conversating with anybody up front? Is it the onus on the person to ask what you identify as, or should people be announcing that beforehand? I think that we need to again. This goes back to normalizing. Uh, conversations in, in ways of, like Darren said, like every time he introduces himself, he, he makes an effort to, to say, like, I use these pronouns. Because that sets him up in a way where it's like, I, I know who I am and how I like to be identified. Now you understand who I am, how I like to be identified. Now we can have a respectful conversation where nothing uncomfortable like that needs to happen. But the thing is that teacher made an assumption like that, that's an assumption, uh, you know, and so it's not that just, person had a right to be offended. I think that what happens is I'm, I'm not saying that, like, I, I obviously wasn't there for this situation. I didn't see this go down. But I think what it is, is that people are often uh, so there are people who are misgendered. I get misgendered quite often as a femme person. This happens to me quite a bit. If I don't make an effort to go out of my way to be like, I use he, him pronouns because I might have on a little makeup and I have pretty hair and I do this and that. People might just instantly take one look and assume, oh, well, she did this or she did that. That's misgendering me. So, yeah, I'm going to be annoyed. Imagine if someone misgendered you, Tip. If someone accidentally, I'm not saying, I mean, no, the situation's different. But what if I accidentally or used he for you? That would throw you off. That would make you feel uncomfortable because you're like, that's really? not me. Well, but, but, but like you said, this is a whole new thing that just came about three years ago. So there should be uh, education about it so that people can go about it. But if you're not being educated, you don't. I, I just really felt it was a situation where he just didn't. The teacher didn't know. Like none of us. Did. I would. I mean, you know, it was no way. Let, for, let Darren jump in real quick. This goes back to. This goes back to let's just take away the she and the he. There are people that identify as they and them. How would you know that unless that person told you that, or unless you ask beforehand? You're either gonna, even if 
I knew for a fact, looking at you, that you're a man, but maybe you might identify as a woman and say, I might take a guess, like, well, maybe I identify, so I call you a she or I misgender you, but maybe you don't even, you don't even identify for neither one. It's they and them. No one is gonna just automatically go to that. Right. And I, I, I'm gonna let Darren speak, but I think that what this goes into is there are ways I've seen, especially now that everything's over Zoom, right? There are so many spaces that I head into where they say, okay, everyone, like, introduce yourself in the chat or please put your pronouns in the uh, in your name so that, you know, that's just a way of introducing yourself. There's ways to take the pressure that. out of it so that it's not just on the person who may identify as they, them. It's, it's like in everyone. It's like, okay, everyone, please put the pronouns that you prefer in there. And then it, it makes for a more, I think, inclusive uh, conversation. So it's not othering other people. But I, I agree with what you're saying, Tiff. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I've definitely been in that situation where it was just upfront. Let's get, you know, let's do this. If it's over Zoom, if it's a person, you get name tags. Everybody says upfront. And, and I didn't think that that person was wrong for letting the teacher know but I, I didn't, I didn't think it was cool that that they treated it I, like he did something wrong because it's like how would he know that? So well, me, them and say this, you know, they them. No one would would normally refer to as a, a single person as they or them. So you would have to give that person that upfront. Let me or, let me let me play devil's advocate real quick, and I'm gonna have Darren, I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna have you address this. I'm gonna play devil's advocate real quick. So. To have this is the change. Go ahead. This is the this is the change essentially to the way people speak. Isn't isn't there an argument to be made that it is not incumbent upon those who are comfortable with what is to change the way they speak? For, like I say again, for like I, okay, this is how I kind of feel a little bit. I feel like such a small minority of people have one point seemed like you were just were fighting for it. And I speak about the, the queer community as a whole. We're fighting for acceptance. Okay. Now I'm a person that says people are people. I never believe that queer people should have to vote on anything. I think the idea that queer people should have to vote to get married is nonsense. Like who the, well, how are you going to make them say that like they're a separate type of person than any other human? We're going to marry who the fuck they want. I always thought that shit was dumb, but we all know that's white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? That's, the only per the only demographic in this country who never had to vote for their rights is the white man. That's it. That's all. That's, that's how that's always going to go, unfortunately. So with that being said, I've always been for the quick. They ain't no different than I am. Okay. But at the same time, I have a logical side. And I do understand everyone's right to want to be accepted. But at some point, it feels like it kind of like an overcorrection. You kind of want to go from being accepted to saying that the way that I think you should speak certain behaviors that I think you should have, I want to put this on everyone and say that they should now acquiesce to how I feel. So I kind of feel that with the pronoun, I don't have a problem addressing people by their pronouns. Whatever you want to be called is fine. It ain't even worth, and if I disagree, it ain't even worth the fight to fight it. But if you're saying that that should now be a part of everyday conversation, that when I greet someone, I should now be asking people their pronouns, then I'm kind of like, why? Should the vast majority completely change the way they interact for such a small minority of people? And why does this small minority of people expect the vast majority 
to change the way they talk? Ooh, I, I, I have thoughts, but I'm gonna let Darren go. That's why I put my head down. I'm like, oh boy. And this is one thing, but to, to make to say we should all change Lance, the way as a whole. Lance, go ahead. I'm listening. Think about this. Was there not a time period where that had to happen for us as a, an entire people to walk around and not be called boy in the N word and all mm. these? No. Mm. Like I'm still uncomfortable with comparing, comparing. It's not. It's not different to, to, it, to, to black rights. That's not. How, so is, the how is it not? Not the same. That a majority <sighs> is saying we're used to calling you. But hold on, wait a minute. It's it's. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not that's the a same. slippery slope. I, I because I, I because I don't, I don't know first of all, that one. that's different. First of all, it's not. It's 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 not the same thing because some of. Some of some of the queer lifestyle is a choice. For some people, you can choose to live that lifestyle. I can't choose none of this. You can choose to I'm be gay, black. huh? You can choose to be gay. I said no. You can choose. I've known people to you, go back and forth to what lifestyle. You can decide tomorrow that you're going to be a gay man. No, what he's I, saying is that some people no, that do choose. But I've That's seen people who go back right. and forth. They'll tell you I'm Most only dating men or I'm only dating women and I don't begrudge them any lifestyle they choose to have. But what I'm just saying, I've seen people go back. Now, whatever, they, I ain't saying that they stopped being gay at any point. I'm That's saying it. they chose to live whatever lifestyle they want and they go back and forth. So you can choose it. I can't choose to be black. My, I'm black 24-7. Like, I may not know you gay. Darren, if I just saw you, I may not know you're gay, but I'm a damn sure know you're black. Mm-hmm. And I think I it's think the, the, I think that what you guys are, are trying to conceptualize is is the equivalent of when they called us boy and nigger to when people call gay people um, whatever that slur was. That's not that's that's being a fist. That's not the same. Yeah, it's not about disrespect. That's not the same as we've been taught. So let so for let me dec- agree. Hold on, let hold on. Look at that's not the same as we've been taught for decades. That they and them is to is uh you know plural. So now we gotta change it. That's what he said. Right. Not, yeah. not, I not, understand. Okay. okay, we called you a, a sissy, and I gotta fight to stop yeah, you that because that's offensive. That's, that's, that's like flow, no, we're gonna though. change the English language now. And the they English and language them always, always changes. Plural, and now that we gotta, and I'm not saying. I'm not saying I agree with Lance. I'm just saying that's what he's saying. And I, that's I'm what I'm saying. That I can't that's say that was that. for them to stop calling us. That's not the same thing. But it has been a part of English that if I said, hey, you got a phone call, what did they say? Nobody goes, oh, you're not supposed to say what they say. You don't know the gender. So it's normal for us to say when we don't know the gender. But I told you I, again, I don't have a problem with that. I'm saying it's changing the whole English language that was always a plural term, and but that, that's and, it was and I, always well, anything. I want to well, quickly me, clear up something real quick. I was not comparing. I was not comparing they them usage to people calling us the n word. That was not the actual comparison. The comparison was Lance saying, "Why do I have to change the way I speak?" When I'm the vast majority and this is the minority, right? We, well, those little, changes, those changes are what create new uh, foundations of how we move in life. If that change, if white people, and this is what I was getting at, if white people didn't make that conscious understanding of 
I cannot and should not say this, or I need to change the way I interact with black people to be more respectful. Right. How is that different than you changing the way you interact with queer people to be more respectful? What's the I'll difference? Answer. Please tell me. I'll answer. Because one is a matter of disrespect and the other one isn't. One. How do you know that's not, how do you get to decide that's disrespectful? That's because, not disrespectful. One is the common way to speak in the land that you are in. Now, again, I'm not really, Tiff, was, Tiff when you were saying that they're trying to change the definition of words, I actually wasn't really even going there. Oh, I mean, it's not hard. commonplace anywhere in this country to ask people their pronouns. And his what he's oh, saying is sorry, that he would like to get people to start to do that. And so what I'm saying is, and it's not just that you're a minority. Hold on, I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. I'm not criticizing. Understand what I'm understand what I'm saying. I'm just bringing forth an argument. I'm not saying it's wrong or improper. You just what make I'm it sense. And keep in mind, it's not just. And that's why I say it's a nuanced conversation because it's not a simple fact that you being minority. We're talking about a very small minority. Like blacks are 13 percent of the population. We are minority. We are talking about 0.2 percent. And 0.2% is asking everyone, everyone to change for us. It's not just the 0.2% that's asking that. I know so, I, like there's so many, there's, that's who, it's because it's respectful to to everyone. To and just change I, the way you talk, just to simply say, instead of, as I introduce not, myself, not, I should now not, also interject, I'm an E and I'm an M. We're not necessarily asking you to learn new New word, we're It's no new words have been made up. This is not uh, something that you don't know. It's it's reusing the pronoun. To be, if I continue, let me just add, let me and this is you know this is exaggerated because everything has to be kind of exaggerated to make a point. But if I continuously called you she over and over and over and over again, would you not tell me that that's disrespectful to you? Yes, correct. Okay. So why is that different for someone if I, so let's just say I use they, them pronouns and you mm -hmm. continuously call me he, 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 and I'm telling you that's disrespectful. Why? So you feel just because I am in a minority group. No, no, no. You misunderstood. That that, I, and I apologize. I didn't, maybe I didn't uh, communicate well. I'm not, I, that's why I said I would call you whatever you want. I was just going off the idea that Darren presented that he's going to always introduce himself with his pronouns. So I kind of extrapolate that to say, do you expect the language to change? Not the language, uh, the way we greet each other to change so that now when people greet each other, they should say their pronouns. Not once you tell me what yours are, I refuse to say them. No, 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 no. I wasn't going there. I would just simply say, so you want the nation as a whole. Now, whenever I greet you, say, hey, I'm Lance. I'm, my pronoun is he and him. You see what I'm saying? I'm just That's gonna, what I was talking about. I'm just going to call it now, though, and say that I feel like you think that this is not a possibility. And I think when we look down the line years from now, it's going to be a norm. And if we don't catch up, you're going to be the one left out. And you're going to be the one feeling confused. Because that is... Well, I mean... I'm just asking you. Kinda, I mean, you kind of are. You said, why should I have to change the way that I... Uh, I go about my daily activity. Well, we have changed so much about the way that we go about our daily lives and the way that we communicate with each other. Things, changes happen over time. That's how we evolve. 
And and that just happened. I mean, we would not have a conversation like this a hundred years ago. We wouldn't. Not we even ten years ago. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be talking the way you're talking. I wouldn't be talking the way I'm talking. It's a totally the world changes. Like Darren said, the English language expands. It changes. We change. So I just think that we have to be. I'm not saying that it's not difficult for people to 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 catch up and to understand it. It, it is difficult, and it does take education. It takes time. But we have to be open to this idea that that might be the way that we introduce ourselves in the very near future. And it's a good practice to start now. And you don't have to do it right now, Lance, but I guarantee you in 15 years, you people that don't may be in the minority of people that do, if that makes you sense. Might be right. You might be right. Yeah. You could very well be right. You know, and I, I, I want to acknowledge, I, 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 there's a certain level of anxiousness. There's a certain level of like, wow, this feels like so much and, and, and it can be overwhelming to people. And I get that. Um, but I, and I, and I, I often take this back to race, not because I think they're equivalent, but because we usually learn based on our own experiences. Mm -hmm. And as a group of people who are predominantly black or black identified, we know what it is to have a racial understanding that white people don't get. And we can be the same age, grow up in the same place, and they just don't get it because it's not their experience. I, I, I don't know if many people know this, but many times white people don't know that they're white. <laughs> they know that they're human and the world yeah. has treated them as human and everyone else has a race, but they're just human. That's why they don't see color. And so they think that the best way forward is to just, oh, well, if we just all stop talking about race, if we just all pretend exactly. to be the same thing, they think that that's the answer because of their experience. Because they're like, well, I don't think of myself as a race, so why do you keep talking about being black? <laughs> so in the same way, cisgender folk, we don't have to think about the implications of gender on a daily basis. Because for the most part, we've been able to just kind of go along to get along. But like the illustrations before, when I was a kid, I was a small, tiny little boy with these long eyelashes and this mousy voice. And people would go, oh, you have such a pretty girl. I knew at three years old that they were wrong. Nobody had to tell me that I was a boy. I knew I was a boy, but the way people saw me was incorrect. And so others corrected them, I corrected them, and it would sometimes be annoying. And it's not because they were of being harmful there's not because they were trying to misgender me they were wrong but when you keep having uh the the term is microaggressions when you have microaggressions tiny little things if you think of it like a mosquito bite one mosquito bite it's an annoyance 50 mosquito bites you're gonna be real irritable <laughs> if you have a thousand mosquito bites somebody reaches out to touch you you're gonna pull back you're gonna jerk back you're like don't touch me not because they were intending harm, but because you are so routinely harmed by something that it becomes extra sensitive and extra painful because of the multitude of the ways that you experience it. So yeah, it does feel like, wow, why are you overreacting to me? But it's also because we have an experience that, that is completely blind, and that's an ableist term, but it's completely unaware of what other people live all day long, day after day, with no break and no end in sight. So we have a question no. that's specific to you, Darren. Um, by I think it's a it's an interesting question. Um, Drea asks if God or whoever you believe the creator to be 
created you one way to change your gender? Are you then saying God got it wrong? Great uh -oh. question. And so I think I'm a lot of people think that. So I think that's why I think it's a great question. Go yeah, ahead. Great question. Um, I'm a Christian. Um, I believe in Jesus. Um, I am a worship leader in the church. I'm active in the church. Um, I do advocacy around around this in churches. Um, I don't believe everyone needs to have the same opinion about same-sex marriage, um, but I believe everyone should be free to have the same access to rights and laws in the country from a civil perspective. So if your church Absolutely. doesn't believe something, then that's on you and your church, but it should not be able to impede my own freedom as another citizen of the same country. So when it comes to this idea of, well, God created me X, Y, Z, there's a lot of things we could apply the same logic to, and, and I wonder if we would come to the same conclusion. If God created me with a cleft lip where, where my mouth is what we might call deformed and where I have breathing problems and so forth, if I'm born out into this world with a cleft lip and I decide to have a surgery as a child that changes that, am I saying that God created me wrong and that I'm rebelling against God because I decided to have a surgery to fix my cleft lip? If I cannot see without wearing glasses and I have LASIK surgery to change the way my optics in my eyes work so that I can see, am I saying God's wrong because I went with what I thought was most important? I think that there's a lot that we have latitude to do um, as somebody who's a Christian and who believes that we're created in the image and likeness of God, the Imago Dei. When I'm created in an image and likeness of the creator, then I do have a lot of freedom and, and ability to create. If I get a tattoo, I'm not saying, God, I think you, you made my skin wrong. I'm saying this is the way I think I want my skin to be. And I don't see, I don't see where God like, has an issue with me creating something. Um, so when it comes to gender, to get real specific, when it comes to gender, we often say, well, God only made Adam and Eve. But when you get to the original text, the, the original name Adam actually means mud person. It didn't have a gender, the first iteration of it in the, in the uh, Genesis narrative. When you get to the creation of Adam and Eve, that's the first time that Adam changes words and there's a gendered version of Adam and this version of Eve. So if you're looking for like the, near, so the, the, the uh, narrative that's in the Bible, we see both a person that does not have gender and then a person that has gender or sex, depending on how you want to look at this. But they, gender and sex didn't always exist, even in, the, even in the biblical narrative. So to me, I think about Revelation. And in the garden, there wasn't gold, there wasn't clothes, there wasn't all this other stuff. But in Revelation, there's all kinds of stuff that didn't exist. It says every nation, tribe, and tongue is going to bow down and worship God, which means the 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 tongues and tribes those didn't exist in the garden there's all kinds of stuff that we see in the garden that wasn't i'm sorry in revelation that wasn't in the garden so i think yes we're we might be expanding and creating new things just like god has been doing this whole time so if you're following a biblical biblical narrative things get more diverse as you go they don't get more simplified they don't go back to the garden of eden so could new genders and new identities be new and so forth? Yes. Could that be a part of God's intention and creation, just like languages and skin tones and all this other stuff is, according to the biblical narrative? Yes. I think all of that's possible. Let me, uh, he also, Maria also said Genesis 5 1, he said 
created male and female and called their name Adam. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's a response to what you said. She yes, just it's, it's, there's, because we're reading a translated um, scripture in English, anytime you're reading the Bible in English, it's translated, which means that people decided based on their knowledge that this is what this means in English. It's not literal. And so we lose all kinds of things. There's five different wor words for the word love in the Bible, but we only read the word love in English because English doesn't have five different words <laughs> for love. Um, so there's lots of ways that there are, there are gender references that we lose in the Bible. There are name references that we lose in the Bible when it's translated to English. And so, yes, there's a lot. And the fact that God exists and says, I am one, but there's three, if you're a Trinitarian believer, like, there's plural. God said, let us make them in our image and likeness, but it's one God. But, you know, like, so there's all kinds of ways that that what it means to be single and plural and what it means to be male and female. And God doesn't necessarily actually have a gender. So God could actually be considered trans in some ways. Like, I, can't, I ain't gonna lie. I can't even take all this religious talk. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. I can't take all this. I can't Listen, say no religion. Specifically about yeah. that, I know. Um, I know. We need to be careful, though, how we wield the Bible and its teachings, because this is a book that was written by the majority men, like like people, you know, human beings and translated hundreds of times. And I always tell folks I, I grew up. I mean, I have read the Bible cover to cover several times, have studied it. And it's something that I realize is something you really have to interpret uh, in a way that makes sense to you and the way that you ingest it and the way that God speaks to you and who God is to you. Because if we're going to say that, oh, God created two genders, there's so many things I could pull out from the Bible that make you go, well, you know, oh, well, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You cannot do this. This was, I mean, there's so many things that we do on a daily basis that would have gotten us killed yep. in the Bible. Yep. Straight yep. people. Yep. So we need to be careful in the way that we wield the Bible against other people, because they, those same people could go right to the same book and find something to use and weaponize against us. So we just, okay. all I'm gonna say is we just need to be careful how we do that. I agree with that 100%. I, Lance, I think we're gonna have to do part two, because I mean, it's so much that we did not Ooh. get around to, and we're already rounding up to two hours. And we ain't doing longer than two hours today. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm not saying we got to cut off right now, but I would very much like to have you guys back on because there is so much more that we didn't even get an opportunity to ask you and talk about. Um, that I know I had some questions, and there's no way we're going to get through it in 10 minutes. So, what you think, Lance? No, no. Like I said, I think I think man, I don't learn a lot. Today, baby, I got to do. I do have one. I do have one last question, though. Uh, I, I kind of feel like uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Something that the queer community as a whole would like is that it becomes norm to have people identify themselves, and that's the, just a normal thing. So everyone is comfortable. Like I feel like you want to get to a comfort level. Well, upon meeting and greeting someone, you basically identify who you feel that you are uh, so that we no longer have to make assumptions. So I, I walk up with a person to assume they're a man or a woman. That I kind of feel like that's the type of level of acceptance, the type of conversation and communication that the queer community wants. Basically, based on talking to you gentlemen, is that correct or am I wrong? 
I there I will say that I think that there there are people within the queer community that don't want to that don't feel comfortable sharing pronouns too. So it's this very like like nuanced thing of right. just like it's, it's something that like Darren said we do not have a rule book yet. So it's it's just something I think you have to know the space you're in. Like I'm not saying like oh next time you go to like you know a meetup and you know everybody there like whatever like you have to all of a sudden like start incorporating new uh ways of doing things but there are certain spaces that you go into where you're like okay there's a lot of people here i do not know everyone's story and if you hear someone else do it like oh hey you know i'm justy i use he him pronouns it's i just i'd say just just try it out, you know, just like try out saying it, say it out loud and, and see how it, of, of course you can't because it's it's something you haven't done. There's so many things, I mean, everything well, that we already do. Happening. They, they're doing it, I'm in law school. I see. They're, that's, that's the norm now. Really what if I don't want to do it though? What if I don't want to have a pronoun? What if I just want to be good old just land? You just call me well, land. You're going to be left and you're going to be I mean, or you you get, you're always free to identify or not identify for yourself. Yeah. You can disclose or not disclose for yourself. That's But don't true. make other people feel uncomfortable because they want to do that. Or that is, you know, and I think that what happens is people get into a space and they're the only ones not doing something. And you might find yourself feeling a bit like anxious about it. And then you end up doing it and you realize like, oh, okay, that wasn't so that wasn't as deep as it as I thought it was going to be, you know. It's just normalizing new experiences because everything that is is now that we're comfortable with now is once new for us. Yeah. Everything. Uh, yeah. To an extent. There's always the reality that no one person, just like Lance, you can't speak for all black men who are heterosexual and cisgender. Just like just like Tiff can't speak for all cisgender uh, black women. I can't speak for all gay black men. Like, the, all, we're all trying to figure out how do we live in a world that's best for all of us, right? We, we just yeah. want to be okay. You want to be okay. I want to be okay. And how we live together, how we negotiate that, how we understand each other, that's always going to take a lot of asking questions, listening, creating yeah. space for each other, and dismantling the fears we have. Because so often people are afraid of losing power. They're afraid of losing their own voice. And that's normal. But we're, we're very literally talking about how do we make the world a better place for everybody in it, which is kind of my mantra. And that doesn't mean that I want to punish heterosexual folks or I want to shut them down or I want to just rail on them for what they're not doing right. No, it's I'm trying to survive and I want you to survive and thrive too. And so I make myself available for conversations like these. I do speak up in the group and people don't like it, but I feel like shit, I, love that shit. I do have a gift to like explain some things and challenge some things, but I have to do my self care. I'm about to have a good old edible right after this. So I can be like, Right. That's how I feel like I feel like I want to go free. I feel like I want to go sit in a dark room and really soak this in because this has been very informative. Yeah. Yeah. And I can say, like I got told, like I told Justin before we came on here, some of the viewers, I was just asking questions just to kind of challenge you all. Uh, this was some of these topics. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had told Tiff before. I used to work at a store, 
uh, with half the staff when I was in retail uh, with other queer community. And uh, it was the first time that uh, I was having like conversations with someone from that community on a regular everyday basis. Mm-hmm. Like I've known people in the community, but not where I had to talk to them on a regular basis. They kind of, like some of the conversations did take some getting used to, but after a while, like you say, it was, I was, I, it was to the point where I was comfortable enough to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot just being able, cool enough with them to be able to ask them questions that in a normal space, I'd have never felt comfortable enough to ask because it would have been taken as offensive because they're my friends and they know me and we work together. They were cool with me kind of asking like some off the cuff questions. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of brought you all. I didn't know you, but obviously I, I know my cousin. He already know how we talk. I told him, like, I'm not going to hold back with any controversial opinions I have. And I want you to get your shit off. I want you to be I honest. I'm not going to hold back either. Oh, I trust me. I know. I, I tell you, you're Garnett through and through, goddammit. <laughs> so, yeah, I want you to come on here and say whatever you want to say. Speak your truth. I know you're not speaking for the community as a whole, but I don't know much about the community. So it's good for me to ask questions. I'm sure other people who you answer some questions for and like, so you taught me some things. Like when, you, when I asked you earlier about, uh, you know what I'm saying? You were explaining why it's uh, why it's homophobic to say you don't want to be played with gay jokes and things like that. I never really thought of it that way. So again, like I say, I hope other people learn some. I would love to have y'all back on. I think it's a dope conversation. I think these uncomfortable week, conversations week, is why two. I created part of my ugly for all these yeah. taboo, not safe at work, taboo. not in front of company conversations. I like this shit. I like being uncomfortable because to me, that's where you grow. You don't yes. grow in comfort. So and, I appreciate y'all I, for coming on. Love to have you come back on anytime, anytime. And can I just say too that like, as for as many things as we didn't necessarily agree on, all four of us, uh, this is how this change happens. This is how you have brought us on. You've given us space, and I just want to thank you for taking that step because like that is an important measure to to being more inclusive and to understanding a lot of people don't reach this far uh so it's nice to be invited to a space especially by family uh you know lance and tiff tiff honorary garnett tiff you know and darren it was so nice meeting you and and like you just you bless us like just in full like there are things that i have taken away from this uh so i just i appreciate the the space and to be here and to be able to like be a, a full valid voice. Feels Somebody said uh, promote your music again, Justin. They're asking about the music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could find me on any major, or I'm on platforms I don't even know. Uh, so Justy, just the way it's stylized uh, in my name. Uh, my uh, Instagram is Justy on top. Uh, and yeah, I hope that you listen. I have new music coming out next year. Uh, we'll, we'll release things. Uh, it's I'm doing a full project. I mean, like a full visual album. So it's going to take some time. But by this time next year, it will be out and I will be able to share it with the world. Uh, but what, you can find. Oh, go ahead. Whatever you have. are you, You're in the group now, right? Yes, I'll share it's it. Free. You know, if you don't want to do it tonight, if you want to do it more in a day when more people are active in the group. Yeah, advertise, yeah. you know, your shit. Get it out. I got some, yeah, I got some good Caribbean vibes that I can send yes, you right from my last album. Yeah, yeah. I love Caribbean. That's a fucking loony. That's a fucking loony. Well, Darren, you appreciate so you coming much. on. Anything you want to promote or anything? Yeah, I, I'm like, like, it's it's not, it's it don't give you Caribbean vibes at all, but I think <laughs> a band too. <laughs> 
was okay. Uh, look up the many are here, uh, M-A-N-Y, the many are here.com. Um, if you, if you are done with church or if you're somebody who's in church and looking for songs that, that really do dig into what's wrong with the world and so forth, um, that's the kind of music that we're making. Um, it's inclusive, it's justice oriented, and it's because we love God. Um, I love that. So feel free to feel, feel, feel I see free a collaboration going on. I like my wheels are turning. I was like, oh wait, a remix yes, this for like, so long. <laughs> the things we will talk. I'm gonna look at y'all. Should everybody listening should also look this up because I'm gonna look it up right after. Uh, and, also, Darren, please advertise it in the group. Like I said, probably yeah. during the day tomorrow is the best time because more people are active in the group. If you do it tonight. I want yeah. I want you guys to get the full scope of what the group because you know we're as, as dysfunctional as we are as a group. We are not dysfunctional. Supportive of oh, each other. We got issues though. And y'all, <laughs> yeah, we got just, issues. Y'all know you do, but baby. <laughs> we got no, they're they're I already know. He just don't get people in the group. Oh, oh okay. I already know. I already yeah. I already can. Yeah. Yeah. But we already I know where you're affiliated with me. That's one thing I can't say. As soon as as soon as he was like, "Oh, I gotta invite you on a podcast," I was like, "Oh, okay. I know exactly what I'm getting myself into, <laughs> and that's exactly where I want to be." So I, I appreciate all of y'all, all of y'all listening, the entire group. Like, keep talking your shit, keep learning, keep educating. Like, that's how we, that's how we move forward. Absolutely. And we appreciate you guys coming on here, taking time out of your day to speak with us. And you know, I hope nothing we ask or uh, you know our opinions are offensive. We're just kind of speaking to, you know, like you said, trying to pull out all the information so that people can really understand. Everything and we still got more to talk about. I hope we do. We do. That we can we can do this again next week. So I, you know, we gotta run about the boss. All right, let's coordinate. <laughs> Y'all gonna stop calling me the boss, goddamn! I don't like that shit. <laughs> I don't like boss. that shit. But anyway, thank y'all for coming out once again, man. I really appreciate it. Dope ass conversation. We finna shut it down tonight, goddamn. I appreciate everybody for watching all the questions. Once again, pardon my ugly everything, goddamn it. YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook. And the website, part of my ugly got got uh I can't even talk. Part of my ugly dot com. Get your merch, goddammit. That's that anyway. damn tooth thick in his mouth. Thank you. Thank you. Know, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Much love.